I'm Hayes Hartwig. This is Bamboo, Vancouver's property management and investment podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. We are back with the stats for February. So I'm here with Peter, of course, to go over that. Um, What's going on, Peter? What's happening? Uh, Not too much. Excited to be here once again to talk about the the stats from the last month. Um, And uh, yeah, it's probably, I'm just guessing, it's probably going to be about the same. But uh, things are starting to pick up a little bit. I can can feel it (laughs) um, as we move into springtime and, and summertime. Absolutely. Um, actually, you're pretty much on the point. Uh, the average rent starting to is starting to climb a little bit, but we're getting close to the the sunshine sunshine tax time. Um, so traditionally, we usually see it climbing as it thaws out, and that the average is up to twenty three seventy nine from twenty three sixty seven in January. So twelve bucks, like, a small increase, like less than a six pack. Yeah, so, um, not a huge thing, but as you said, with the with the uh, sunshine tax there that it usually starts to to climb. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see it get busier in the summer. It, it always is busier in the summer. A um, lot of lot more properties for rent and a lot more tenants looking to rent. So oh, absolutely. It's just a busier, hotter market in general. Prices do go up a lot. It's nice to be able to show properties during the, the sunshine. During the daylight. <laughs> during some daylight, exactly. Actually, even f- February is not too bad. Yeah. It's when you really notice, like, at 5 o'clock, it's not completely pitch black. Yeah. Which is nice. It's actually quite nice to show people um, when when it's daylight. That's the best time to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, year over year, according to Live.Rent, um, it is up 128 from last year for the same thing. So same thing being, of course, one-bedroom apartments, average base-level apartment, uh, entry-level, if you will, um, which is generally corresponding with the MLS, which a lot of people don't realize that the MLS now has rentals on them, including a lot of people in our industry. Um, so more people should be coming to that gradually. Uh, do you think that people should be using the MLS more? Or what, what are your thoughts? Uh, personally, I, I don't use it yeah. too much. Um, but, uh, you know, if you need to get more exposure for a property, then it can be a, a good way to do that. Um, there's lots of different rental websites with varying levels of of, of P user base. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if, I mean, there's no harm, I guess, in putting it on the MLS. I think it's uh, a bit more of an involved process than yeah. putting it on uh, Facebook or uh, Craigslist. It's actually not that bad, but... Anyways, we'll we'll keep that for our, that'll be our secret stash. So we'll, we'll tell people about that. Um, but we were just talking actually about live.rent and it's a pretty useful one. I found it sort of is like um, almost I'm missing the site uh, LinkedIn. I almost said it's almost like LinkedIn sort of that if someone's looking for a property and you put it up before they start looking for it, it'll tell them when it comes type of thing. And yeah, you've got, it's more, you're on there like with more of a profile, like tenants create mm-hmm. kind of an application and a profile and it's kind of all pre, pre-set up. Yeah. Um, personally, I kind of go back and forth with LiveRent, but I've noticed recently it's been uh, more active. So maybe they kind of onboarded a bunch more users. Um, I, I had a, a have a property in the West End that I did three showings for on Saturday and all three of them were actually from LiveRent. Nice. So, 
which usually is quite rare. Usually it would be Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. Um, so yeah, I kind of pleasantly surprised to see that Live Rent was producing uh, some positive results. Uh, and like we were saying before, it's nice to have a, a gamut of, of websites that you can use in your arsenal yeah. to, to find tenants. They seem to, they being the tenants, seem to sort of shift about. Like they'll be really hot on Craigslist for a while and not elsewhere. And then all of a sudden they stop calling on Craigslist and start calling from Facebook. And do you mean like it almost seems like they, they migrate around to where they're looking for sure and it, it also de definitely depends on the area and the price point mm -hmm. for higher price stuff you'd more likely to see that on craigslist because I'm, I'm guessing that craigslist has an older user base than say facebook marketplace Absolutely. for lower price stuff facebook marketplace makes more sense because it's most of the time going to be younger people yeah, who are looking to rent so I, I definitely see those differences um sometimes for certain properties i won't put it on facebook uh, or I, you know, I will put it on Facebook depending on you know the, the type of property. It, it really just depends. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a it, it's your professional discretion, as it were. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, have you had any weird goings on lately? Like you said that it's sort of picked up. There's usually weird things that happen when it picks up. <laughs> have you heard anything strange going on? Um, nothing too uh, out of the ordinary. I, I was kind of surprised uh, this winter. Uh, some of the prices got a lot lower than I was expecting. And I think mm -hmm. we talked about it last time, but prices are always really quick to rise and then they're always sticky on the way down. Yeah. So um, like gas. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It kind of pops up, you know, in, in late uh, July and August last year, we saw that prices just go crazy. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of carried on for maybe a couple more months, but definitely November, December and January were very, very slow and, yeah. and, and the prices decreased a lot more. And it was were, a pretty steep drop. Yeah. And you were saying that, you know, year over year, the price only increased by $128. Yeah. Well, if the average price is $2,300, you know, it's only like 5%. Yeah. So it's kind of small. That's not, I mean, in my opinion, it's not a huge increase. Um, I've been generally for the past couple of years, increasing rents every year by like 10 to 15% when somebody leaves. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of seemed to be the, the kind of year-over-year -year average, 10 or 15% yeah. after somebody's left, obviously not during a tenancy. So that would be <laughs> an illegal rent increase. But uh, seeing it at 5%, at least on average, is, yeah. is interesting. Yeah. It, it, the, the reason why I asked what's going on, I had a weird occurrence where a tenant tried to ignore me. And I think it's super strange that people try to do this because there's methods to still come. Like the 24 hour, which actually should be named a 72 hour notice mm -hmm. um, since it's three days to be received. So yeah. pro tip for those of you doing that at home, the 24 hour notice is not 24 hours. You post it on Friday, Saturday, Sunday is when it's received. I think it can be received if you give it to them True. directly, but which is never going to happen if, like you say, they're ignoring you. <laughs> exactly. And it was for a weird reason, too. Like I, didn't, I, I still don't know why. Is this odd? So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to have to chase you around since I'm a professional and I have all day to do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it does happen sometimes. People uh, sometimes ghost you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. Like, what? don't ghost your landlord. Um, like we're trying to help you generally. And if we're trying to get a hold of you, there's usually a pretty good reason. Usually a good I'm not, reason. I'm not just calling to say For fun. Up. Yeah, usually don't do that for fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. So the average price uh, per square foot for, uh, for Greater Vancouver is three dollars and eight cents, with number one being Vancouver at three ninety four, North Van at three sixty eight, and New West, of course, popped up 
at 365 because 618 Carnarvon is filling and everyone's trying to catch up. Um, that's usually why they push their price up, as we've discussed numerous times. Um, now, what's interesting, well, not interesting, but typical is that the least expensive is Surrey and Langley. However, Langley has changed some of their bylaws to encourage more rental projects, such as reduced parking needed, uh, increased density and development cost charges, waiving it um, on nonprofits. Um, and it's on a per project basis. Do you think this is what's helping to lower costs? Do you think that would help it for in general to get more properties out there? Like, yeah, potentially. Uh, I mean, especially if these are all like specifically rental uh, ones, because generally those ones tend to be a little more affordable mm-hmm. than landlords, you know, putting stuff up themselves. Uh, not always, though. I have seen some pretty insane full rental building oh, absolutely. costs. Uh, there's some in, there's one in North Vancouver near where I live, mm-hmm. and it's been empty for like, I'm sure they've had their uh, occupation permit for like, like six months because I've seen like a couple lights here and there, but it's so empty. Oh, I know. And I've looked, I looked on Craigslist and yeah, they were asking, you know, like 4,500 for a small two bed. Yes. Like guys, come on. Like, like, yeah, sure. It's brand new and stuff like that. But 4,500 for a, for a, you know, 700 square foot, barely a two bed, yeah, yeah. you know, with tiny little uh, condo appliances is, uh, is steep. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I, we had a couple of full rental ones pop up in one of the areas that I work in. And at first I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a full rental building. It's going to, like, I'm going to have to explain to my landlords that we're going to drop our price. Mm. However, just as you pointed out, they were charging obnoxiously high. So your price looked amazing. Looked like yeah. gold, man. My <laughs> phone started ringing, like, oh, we saw next door, but you've got one. I'm coming over to you. I'm like, no problem. Yeah. Man. Like, sometimes those rental buildings, honestly, I, I, as a tip for tenants who are looking for a place, sometimes those rental buildings can be a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I live in an all rental building and I cannot get evicted unless, like, there, you know, there's no owner that can move in. So yeah. I can never get two month notice. The only thing they could do is tear down the whole building which they won't do because it was built 10 years ago yeah which is highly unlikely exactly so it's not going to happen um which is good right because i see a lot of the tenants who come to showings these days almost all of them when i ask why are they moving it's because the landlord's moving in or the landlord sold the place it's not because they feel like it (laughs) Uh, it's not because oh we just want to try something new it's not a whimsical reason like that it's because they have to um so yeah all rental buildings if you can get the right price can be can be pretty good for for tenants just because uh, a little bit more added security to your lease absolutely and i've been noticing as well as the clock is ticking for them uh furnished units i'm getting more and more calls and are you still getting a bunch of them from people trying to switch from airbnb for sure yeah, yeah definitely it's- people uh they're going to figure it out eventually that they it's either unsustainable or they're not going to be able to because of the new rules and they're going to realize that they're going to have to unfurnish some of these uh, properties with all this uh, well-used IKEA furniture. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, and yeah, we'll see how the fuck goes. I'm still thinking that we'll end up seeing a lot of people trying to sell them because you're not going to get the $500 a night you were getting for Airbnb. I think a lot of people are going to cash out. Yeah, some. I mean, some people are expecting, yeah, like $10,000 a month, basically, yep. for like a two-bedroom or something like that, which is just not going to happen. No. Not even close. Like, we're, we're not in Manhattan. <laughs> not, not even close. So, yeah, I definitely think people will uh, they'll either have to sell or, you know, maybe they were just, maybe they, all the money that they made this whole time on Airbnb, they've saved, 
and now they can now they can get by or they it paid towards their mortgage and now they can get by with a lower rent. Those are some very rosy colored glasses <laughs> you have on, my friend. Very rosy. Yeah. <laughs> so at seventy seven percent of the available rentals is apartments, which is not surprising. Um, so the most common, of course, being two bedrooms at forty seven percent and one bedrooms at forty percent, um, with three beds being at only eleven percent. Now townhouses and houses and partial houses are taking up the bottom bit here but here's my ponder so since many families need more space and the government has rolled out the new uh incentives basically to build suites um it's, a, it's supposed to be 50 percent up to 50 percent and forty thousand dollars of a forgivable loan to help house owners build the suites right mm. um, you've heard about this yeah program um but here's the rub, though, and, and, and this is what I'm trying to figure out. is like, okay, the owner has to live in the house still. That's fine. Makes sense. Basement suite or laneway home or garden home, whichever be. And that, however, it has to be rented for five years at below market rates, which seems a little strange to me because I, I have a few questions, as did some of the owners who, who called me about this. Um, a couple being, how far below market rent? And, who decides and who decides what market rent is yeah yeah i mean I, i'm they're probably not maybe they're listening into our podcast uh, obviously to find out uh, what the average <laughs> rent is and they'll do it a little below that but uh, uh yeah i'm not sure i i'm maybe the government has their own metric on on what the average rent is i, I guess and and they'll yeah. they'll do that or maybe they'll have somebody scour craigslist for all the listings and, and kind of do an average I I'm do, not, it's, it's just super weird especially because on craigslist you don't know what it rented for exactly right? yeah yeah so they all the prices are higher but um yeah that that's honestly a bit strange i mean i understand where they're coming from they don't want to subsidize building of stuff that is not going to turn into at least somewhat affordable housing yeah, yeah fair enough. I, so i get it but uh I don't think that's a, it seems like a very artificial method of bringing the price down and, and probably will disincentivize people from doing it. Yeah. I mean, we also like, the other thing we have to take into account and what we were discussing this one owner in particular is that buildings a lot more expensive now. So, and there's a lot more hoops to jump through, you know, this, the fire retarding and even and, the permitting and stuff like that can be thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. So I, I you know, I like, I don't know. It seems expensive. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it seems very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, 40 grand is, is a good amount, but I mean, people renovate their kitchens for a hundred. So <laughs> that's just renovating that kitchen. Not <laughs> to mention, I mean, no prediction on our government, but if they know that that single family home is now a double family home, I'm assuming your property taxes are going to go up. Yeah. So, again, are you incentivized? Because let's face it, a lot of the basement suites are obviously non-conforming, aka illegal basement suites. So, yeah, pretty rare <laughs> that I would rent out a, a legal one. Honestly, mm. pretty rare. Um, it, it's a, like a pretty well-known thing that you know, a huge percentage, the vast majority of them yeah. are Ill illegal, quote unquote. But you know, would never be enforced because if they enforced it, then there would be millions a... of people would be without homes, <laughs> even worse off than we yeah, currently are. Exactly. What is also interesting, though, is uh, I've seen a lot of pushback to this program simply for the fact that like there's a lot of owners that have basement suites, but they don't want to get involved in renting because they feel that there's no control over their own space 
And granted, this will be triggering, I'm sure, for any tenants, but it, it's the fact of the matter. They're, they're concerned with the, the RTB and everything. They feel that it's against them, which is interesting. I mean, I don't think the RTB is 100% against, but it's not level, I would suggest. Yeah, um, I, I've said this before, and 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 I'll but I'll say it again, is that the, the RTB process, I could stomach it a lot more easily if it didn't take so long. Yeah. If even, you know, I would rather get a resolution, whether it be in my favor or not in my favor, if I could get that resolution in like under a month, that would be good yeah. so that I could at least move on with my life in some capacity. Yeah. Whereas if you have to wait, like I've waited a year for, you know, to, to for something mm -hmm. and a year, you know, once a year goes by, the tenant is is gone and and there's no point right like it, it, it's I, I could stomach it a lot more if if the the process was a little bit quicker um and yeah. uh, i think that would make it at least more reasonable mm -hmm. um so yeah do you think that it would incentivize owners to come into the market as well if there was a higher deposit because i mean as we know everything got more expensive i mean to get a handy person to show up you're looking at 150, 200 minimum just to arrive. Yeah, um, I, I definitely think the the deposit thing is is a bit of an issue. I mean, I, I totally understand the landlord holding on to you know a full month's rent for however long is, is you know can be difficult for some tenants. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. But the the problem is, I, I've got a situation right now that's pretty relevant. Um, mm -hmm. A tenant who is breaking their lease. Um, they're leaving they've they said oh I've, they've already left the country say oh sorry i lost my job left the country yeah um so like legitimate reason yeah sure i mean fair yeah. enough but they said the person said i will not be able to pay for uh for march's rent and it, march's rent is the, actually the last month of their lease anyways but they said i won't be able to pay for march rent so then and they, they told me this yesterday so i only have three weeks to find a new tenant to start march 1st yeah and all i can do is they the person said you can have my security deposit well that's half of one month's rent so if I can't find somebody for the, first, the yeah. March 1st, then the owner would be out uh, half a month rent at least, yeah. at least. And there's a bunch of damage to the suite. Not not a huge amount, but there's some stuff that I will need to take care of. Yeah. So that further eats into the thing. So it's all well and you know great when the tenancy works out perfectly. Mm -hmm. Half a month is totally fine. But when it goes wrong, then the half a month just isn't enough. So yeah, I, uh, I totally agree, uh, you know. And uh, as a renter myself, yeah, of course, like giving a, a full month of rent seems uh, does seem well, it's double the amount. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's double the amount that it is now. But uh, you know, I think it's pretty reasonable based on the the cost of stuff increasing. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. Now, when you can look up the past cases at the RTB, but all the names are stricken, do you think it would be a benefit to release those names on both? Like. I think that it would be on both sides, simply for the fact that if you see a landlord is perpetually at the RTB trying to take damage deposits and stuff, you may not want to rent from that person. Okay. Same with if you see a tenant perpetually at the RTB, you may not want to rent to them. Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. I'm sure it'll never happen due, of to, due, to, due to privacy concerns. <laughs> but I think that's a great idea. If you could just Google somebody's name or look into a database and see, oh, look, this tenant's been to RTB like seven times or this owner, yeah. this landlord's been to RTB seven times. It's actually funny. I've 
I, every now and then I'll Google somebody, yep. like a like an, a client, and I will see their name on some sort of RTB thing. Yeah. So, so I don't know if, if it's really old ones or only certain ones, but sometimes they don't it's redact so the through, eh? sometimes they don't redact the owner's information. And I, the the what the time that I think of recently, it was the owner's like. Uh, like a numbered company or like a BC LTD numbered company. Okay. And that was listed as the landlord. But I was able to Google that and find a PDF with a decision against that, that, that client, that landlord. So some of them are out there <laughs> and it's interesting to read. And oh, that I got it. The, the, the landlord has done this, you know, has been to RTB before and it's interesting to read. So I, I think it would be a good thing, but yeah, unfortunately wishful thinking i mean you you still do it's a good idea to check the civil registry of course mm -hmm. see if that's coming up a lot uh just to try and get a better idea of who you're dealing with because obviously everybody puts their best foot forward and neglects to mention that they've been to collections five times right? for sure yeah you can look up uh that stuff on the the court court registry you can look up um actually had had a a client uh, asked to for me to do that specifically to look up at uh, a couple of potential tenants mm -hmm. and this was when they they'd only just applied so i only had their first and last name i didn't have their middle name yeah and i guess they had quite common names because i looked it up and there was a ton tons and tons <laughs> and i thought oh geez i hope it's not this guy and it was like a warrant issued and all this stuff and all you know this it doesn't give you all the details of but if you not. see somebody like 20 times over the last like five years yeah and I did actually reach out to the tenant and say, "Hey, can you let me know what your and I see your photo ID just so I can know what your last or your middle name is?" Yeah, and it wasn't them. And I said, <laughs> hey, great. "I said I was pretty sure it wasn't you, but <laughs> just wanted to check." So that that can be a good way. For the most part, all I usually find are parking tickets. Which, yeah, which is fine. <laughs> which I, mean, cares. I definitely have a bunch of those. Yeah, par I... parking tickets or speeding tickets or whatever. Right? Who cares? Yeah. But uh, every now and then, I have had uh, somebody pop up on there. There with something a little more serious a little, a little heavier and uh and yeah it definitely makes you makes you think about it yeah nice so metro vancouver has topped we're back to having all five most expensive cities so i guess good job metro vancouver yeah uh, <laughs> jesus but anyways uh number one is north van two west van three vancouver fourth is burnaby and fifth is richmond Richmond keeps on jumping in and out. I'm not sure why. It must be new rental buildings. Hey, it, it Every now, I always hear stuff, Lansdowne Mall and all these new yeah. uh, ones popping up. So, yeah, I, there must be a, just a bunch. I don't really work at Richmond that often. Neither do I. Um, so I don't. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure there's probably a lot of new development there. And I, I'd imagine that's what's, what's keeping it uh, keeping it higher. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so live.rent, who we, we use a lot of their stats here on the show because uh, they're pretty accurate. They seem to co correspond with most of what we're doing. So I quite like them. Uh, they reported that 44% uh, of their income goes to rent. Have you been seeing the same on your applications lately? Like when we go and check their bank stubs yeah stubs i actually had one recently that i think was at maybe 40 percent and yeah. then we had another applicant that was at like 33 percent mm -hmm. and the owner asked me and said hey what what do you think about this they said i prefer the person with 40 percent mm -hmm. other than the fact that they have they're at 40 percent of their income yeah. um so, and i i said you know to be on perfectly honest i guess the rule of thumb that you've heard is one third 33 percent yeah. of your income should be uh of, of your uh, income should be gross income should be going to rent. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, or less, obviously. <laughs> less um, is better. Less is better, yes. Less <laughs> in this case would be better. Um, but these days, honestly, I see 30 to 40% pretty regularly. Pretty rare that I would see somebody under 30% or, you know, I, I have had a client ask and say, hey, we'll only do it if it's under 25%. And huh. it took us a lot longer to rent the place because, hey, as long as they're cool with that, right? Of course. And the client, that, that was totally fine with them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I respect that that's what they wanted and they were pretty firm on that. And that's fine. We found somebody... Who, who worked out for that. But uh, generally, when you get up to those levels of income, depending on the price of the place, usually those, pe those people are just purchasing something themselves, right? Yeah. If they have that much money that only a tiny percentage of it is going to rent, then you know they're probably not going to be a renter for very long if they are right now. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of one of the things I actually had the same conversation with a landlord explaining that, you know, if you want that much, like 20 percent 30 percent and your rent is astronomically high they're probably getting more into buy land yeah you know, they'll, they'll go and put up with living in a smaller not as adequate unit so they can bank that down payment and then buy yeah um so that's i mean i, I think if you're, especially if you're charging a higher rent you need to be a little bit more flexible yeah on, it just narrows down the renter pool right like yeah. there's just not going to be a lot of people you know especially um there's not going to be a lot of people earning like 200,000 who are trying to rent, nope. you know, even 200,000 combined household income is, is relatively high for yeah. Vancouver. Uh, and if, you know, that's what the the rent works out to, to be at 25% of it, then, you know, the, the, it's a very small number of people out there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking with uh, the different types and pools of tenants, have you been getting more uh, landlords kind of coming on board with allowing for pets. Like I personally been in a bit of an upswing and notice that most landlords are becoming okay with that, or at least open to it. If a tenant's like, Hey, I've got a cat and they said no pets. I was like, eh, a cat fine. Like, have you been, um, what, to what be honest, say? usually I clarify like quite strictly with the landlord mm -hmm. at the beginning of the process. And I yeah. say, do you want pets? Yes or no? We, yeah. you know, it's not really going to be, we either have to advertise yes or we have to advertise no. Yeah, we can't do great. It can't be like a gray area <laughs> thing. Um, I said people will still reach out. Yeah. If I say no, they will still reach out mm -hmm. and I'll take a look at it. And if they seem perfect in every possible way and they have yeah. a little tiny cat, then maybe I would consider it mm -hmm. unless the client has told me absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I honestly haven't seen much change. Uh, you know, the, uh, the couple of listings that I picked up in the last month or so, all been the same, no pets. Huh. Uh, I, I'd still say like 85 or 90% of my units are no pets. Um, mm -hmm. Seems pretty high. But yeah. uh, and I always get the, the owners, they always say, oh, I know, I love dogs. Don't get me wrong. And I say, well, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I don't think you're a horrible person for not, you know, I get it. It's all good. I, you know, I, I, I'm sure you don't hate animals. Yeah. Um, it, but something to consider is it does open up the, the renter pool very significantly. Yeah. There are tons of you might not think that many people have cats and dogs and stuff i mean maybe you would from looking outside but uh they just come out of the woodwork like crazy when, yes. you, when you put up a pet friendly rental so many responses yeah um i specifically remember one last year a rental that i did and i i put the ad up pet friendly had six showings and all six had pets yeah so i wouldn't have had any showings at that price point and it was at a relatively high price point so people are definitely willing to pay a premium uh to allow their their pet yeah absolutely which is interesting because back east in ontario 
it's no restrictions. You can't not rent to somebody if they have a pet, which does cause a little bit of friction. Not that there's ever friction between a landlords and tenants. I've never seen that before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's funny because I'm always torn on this because, you know, I'm a pet owner, got a 65 pound dog. You know, I mean, not, he's not a monster or anything, but he shows how it doesn't fit in a teacup. Mm-hmm. So I can understand how people are, are concerned about that. But by the same token, I don't feel that it should be governed because at the end of the day, like that person still owns that unit. And if they don't want a pet in it or whatever, like that's should be their decision in my opinion um what are your thoughts on that like do you think it should be changed that um you can't restrict it i personally i don't think it should be changed um you know uh, unfortunately yeah if somebody owns you know somebody owns a million dollar property why you know i think it would probably make a lot of those people not willing to to do rentals yeah they could probably again scare landlords out a little bit more yeah and i'm curious how um curious how in ontario they would they would do that so does that mean the tenant does the tenant is there a pet deposit do you know i'm not 100 percent sure and and with so i mean i I mean you can't say no pets you can't say no pets sure but i mean i can just say pets and then every single person who messages me who has a pet i just ignore them unless you can't ask if they have pets and they're just allowed to show up to the move-in and be like oh i have seven dogs (laughs) you know what i mean so i'm just curious i'm just curious the way that works because technically right now I can discriminate against anybody for any reason just by not responding to their email. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the way it works. And any landlord is able to do that. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to respond, you're not, nobody's forcing you to respond to an email, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So if somebody inquires about something and you don't like anything about them, you can just ignore it. Yeah. If somebody has a pet and reaches out and I don't want to rent to that person because of their pet, then I can just ignore it. So I just don't know how they would enforce that necessarily i guess maybe you just straight up can't write no pets yeah but I mean, that's as far as i gather is that be the same along the same lines is that you can't say no kids exactly <laughs> right. yeah well I, I do always say this is a, a bit of a joke to owners i always say you know you can collect a pet deposit but you can't collect a toddler deposit absolutely because i have seen some places where i'm sure there's no way a pet could have done that much damage and it's because they have two little kids running around and painting the walls and whatever they're doing right absolutely especially crayon yeah crayon is heavy on walls and you have to use a special way to get rid of it because if you just paint over it the wax will actually work its way back through yeah so i you know people are always saying oh i'm worried about a pet causing a lot of damage honestly a cat under most circumstances, is not going to cause that much damage. And absolutely. a two-year-old will probably, or a three-year-old will probably cause way more damage yeah. than the cat. Absolutely. So definitely it's something to consider. Well, that, and I think that by not having it being mandatory, you attract a better pet owner because it's harder to find a place. So once they get one, they don't want to wreck it. For sure. You know what I mean? They don't want to get kicked out for abusing. Honestly, the people that I've rented to who have had pets have always been respectful and yeah. i have never had an issue i don't think i've ever had to keep somebody's pet deposit yeah i'm sure i've maybe you know charged it here you know 200 bucks for fixing something and they were pro- super forthcoming about it yeah but i i don't think i've ever been like the place is ruined you you complete your dog <laughs> tore this place apart yeah i'm keeping the whole deposit i don't think i've ever had to do that so. yeah neither have I. and I, i've I had i've had some big dogs for sure in, yeah. in my rental properties <laughs> and uh, you know I'd say 99% of the time has been no issue. Yeah. And I'm the same. I can't recall one that has been a, a 
massive issue. So in all honesty, I think that most landlords should allow for pets, but I don't think that it should be mandatory that they have to. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I actually, speaking of pets, I it's very rare that this happens, but I I did a, uh, a background check from somebody and mm-hmm. I, I called one of their references, one of their, their current landlord reference. Yeah. And it's so rare that somebody gives you a bad one, to be honest. Yeah. Most of the time, if somebody's providing their landlord's phone number, they know it's because it's going to be positive. Right. No one's going to hear Peter here. call about his because he sucks. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like <laughs> most of the time, and maybe that's just the way it is, or maybe it's, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was one of the first times where the person was straight up like, no, we're evicting this person because of, because of their pet. And I said, oh, well, I'm really glad you told me. And uh, it wasn't a landlord. I think it was like an all rental building. So okay. I was speaking to the, you know, prop building manager, yeah, property yeah. manager, and they said, oh, yeah, the... The person's very nice, but the the file uh, on their pet is very big. Monster, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. and she said, "Oh, I, you know, I, I don't know how much I'm supposed to say." And I said, "Yeah, it's enough for me. Right. <laughs> I don't need to know the details. <laughs> if you're, you know, if you're trying to get rid of this person because of their dog, that's, uh, you know, I don't say no more." Yeah. So bullet dodged on that one because honestly, I was, I was, you know, they were the, a front runner for the property. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's an unusual case, actually. It, it's pretty rare that somebody straight up says, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rare. And for any of the actual, like, background checks. Although with the background checks as well, I've caught on multiple cases people trying to put in their friend. And, or it, the one case, the one that comes to my mind in particular, was that they put their significant other. And that's what made me laugh because I went searching and... It's really easy to find. They showed up on Facebook yeah, as a couple nice. in the photo. I'm like, guys, Good one. come on. Like, yeah, I've definitely <laughs> seen some kind of slightly sneaky stuff. Yeah. You know, if you look on their LinkedIn and one of their like connections is the person who they say is the landlord. I'm like, yeah, this is one of your colleagues, like stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So absolutely, um, yeah, as much. Uh, it's always good to. To your background check. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that you can avoid so many problems by doing your background check because it absolutely astounds me how many times, I mean, granted, they're good tenants. So I'll get like, they're going to give me notice. They need a bigger place, whatever. No problem. So get the proper notice. They're about to go. And I'm like, yeah, man, I will give you a great referral. Feel free to send my number in, blah, 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 blah. And I don't hear from anybody. So I'm like, somebody just, that this means that somebody just rolled up somewhere and was like, I want to rent you. And they're like, here's my keys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I yeah, think- it's pretty easy just to phone somebody and yeah. like, at least see if they exist. Right. Like at least, and you can usually tell, I mean, half the time it's another property manager or realtor or something like that. And I can Absolutely. like Google their name and be like, oh, this is their phone number. This is actually the person yeah. I'm speaking with. Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes it'll just be a random person, but you can usually just tell. Yeah. You know, you can usually if they're like a different age than the person, you know, of drastically different age than the person who is trying to rent. Yeah. It's probably not their friend. You know, if it's like a 65 year old dude who I'm talking to <laughs> and, you know, that's like a 25 year old trying to rent is probably not as long as it's not their dad. Yeah, it's probably not their buddy. So, yeah, um, yeah you can usually tell it's little little things like that. Yeah, it's just funny that people just like they don't do their background checks and then they wonder why they have problems later. Yeah, it's like, well. You may have wanted to check something. Yeah. I just looked at that. I, I usually try and be relatively honest in mine. Like, obviously, you don't want to be like, oh, this is a horrible person. Yeah. Sometimes you kind of want them off their off your hands. But in general, I'll say, oh, this person was really nice. You know, you try and be as honest as possible. Yeah. Uh, and I'd hope that other people would do the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that bombshell. Um, 
Do you have anything to add for our show today, man? Or I, I was pretty good. We covered a pretty wide range of topics. Um, interested to see if the rent prices continue to climb. Mm-hmm. I, I just sense that it's a still uncertain. You know, it just seems like it's going up, but just a little bit. And this week, I got a lot more attraction on some of my advertisements. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, some of them that are higher priced, not as much. So. I can still feel that we're we're trying to cling on to maybe prices that were cool last summer and yeah. are not cool right now in February. Yeah, I'm more. I'm also curious just to see as we ended up because we won't have the answer. Is that now there's a bit more of a restriction on international students, which is a lot of people who usually come here to rent. Mm-hmm. And if there's less of them, are we going to see this with less competition for places? Because obviously, if you just arrived here, you need a home. Uh, so I'm curious to see if these slight changes will affect the, the rental market and see if we go up or down or even or whatever. Yeah. But I guess we'll forget that out next month. Yeah, we'll have to see. Very good. Well, Peter, if someone's looking to get a hold of you, what's the best way they can find you? Uh, you can reach out to, to, to our website, VancouverRentIt.com. Mm-hmm. I can be reached at Peter at VancouverRentIt.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Wicked. His contact will be in the description below. Thank you for tuning in if you've been listening for this long. And please remember to subscribe. This has been Bamboo, Vancouver's property management and investment podcast.